Welcome into A to Z Sports Prime Time on this Monday evening. I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I am proud, as always, to be presented to you by the wonderful people at TrueMath Fitness in the Gulch. Go to TrueMathFitness.com for your first workout free as a Middle Tennessee resident. No better place to get the best workout in Middle Tennessee than at TrueMath Fitness in the Gulch. Of course, Amanda J. Gentry, the law offices of Amanda J. Gentry, wherever justice demands. You want, we're going to talk about quarterbacks tonight and protection in particular, how that impacted their play on the field on Saturday. When it comes to protection of your constitutional rights, Amanda J. Gentry is where you go. AmandaJGentry.com to find out more about all that her legal team can do for you. So uh, with everything that we're talking about with the preseason game, you know the quarterbacks are going to continue to be spotlighted um, as we work through the preseason. A lot of you still curious about the numbers game. Now that we have a preseason game under our belts, everybody collectively, I think that that, dis that discussion starts to ramp up. There are plenty of other roster spots that are worth talking about, and we'll do so throughout the course of the week. But I think that I think that when you look at Mickey Ryan asked me this question on Friday. I do a a ra radio hit every Friday with uh, Blaine Bishop and Mickey Ryan, who do the show directly after mine on 104.5 The Zone. I do it about 2:20 on Fridays uh, throughout the course of the year. And Mickey asked me this past week how many roster spots I thought were up for grabs. Right, like how many total roster spots? down the line, like as you go position by position, it made me think I had to live, I had to legitimately pull out my roster and like check mark by position where I thought guys, uh, guys might have a little more wiggle room where I thought the numbers might get a little tighter, how the roster math is already starting to take shape. And Mike Vrabel spoke to this yesterday when we met with him, uh, in a, in a recap press conference setting. The idea that, yeah, I mean, now we know who's going to start to see their snaps increase, who is going to see their playing time decrease. And this is the talent evaluation process that they work through every training camp. But I think for the quarterbacks, it becomes particularly complex because, you know, quarterbacks can't play special teams. I mean, they can if you are uh, Taysom Hill, but not everybody is Taysom Hill. Very few players, in fact, are Taysom Hill at the quarterback position who also are willing to sacrifice their bodies to do things like play special teams or tight end, all the different things that Taysom Hill did to make himself an asset, keep himself on the roster in New Orleans uh, throughout the course of his career. But in the absence of a Taysom Hill-like figure, right, from Levis, who does look like a tight end, or Willis, who certainly you could find ways to deploy uh, in a variety of different situations. Todd Downing did it with little success last year, but you, you – one would imagine that a creative enough offensive mind might find a way to make that work a little better. I think that the decision with Levis and Willis has become a pretty easy one to make. And I'll explain to you what I mean here in just a second. But first, I want your Two Rivers Ford take on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch in the comment section where you can interact which player do you feel like is ahead in the Titans quarterback competition? We will talk about it together. You'll hear from Tim Kelly in just a moment on both quarterbacks. Right after I remind you that your Two Rivers Ford take is made possible by Two Rivers Ford. Go to Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet for quality American-made Ford vehicles, award-winning customer service, 
and honesty and integrity in the car buying process that you've come to expect over 40 years of them being in business. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. Uh, so who do you believe is ahead at this stage, <laughs> drink, in the quarterback competition? Uh, Steven Snyder, 86, says, I'll let you know after this weekend, and that's fine. You can say incomplete. I compl- I would totally accept that as an answer. Uh, Mike Peck says, closer than people think, Malik by an inch. B-Bird says Malik. Troy Anderson says Malik. Uh, somebody, uh, who is that? Jeremiah McNeese says Ryan Tannehill. Duh, bro. Well, yes, we're not talking about Tannehill because the graphic clearly says QB2, bro. Reading is hard. Malik is ahead for the moment, getting more snaps in practice, says Trilogy Taylor. Stephen King with the hashtag Music City Malik. So I want you to hear from, so speaking of Malik Willis, we'll start with him, uh, with Tim Kelly, who we spoke to today. We talked to both the coordinators. And Tim Kelly was specifically asked about the way that Malik looked in the preseason game against Chicago. Remember, it's the first live game action that Malik Willis has had since Christmas Eve of last year. Yeah, he, uh, he played faster um, on, on Saturday, which was good. That was the big thing that, that we talked to him about is we wanted him to make sure that you know he played to his, his time speed. So um, he played fast. Uh, you know, his decision-making was better. He, he appeared to play on time, uh, more so than, than what we've seen in his previous game exposure. So uh, I thought Malik took a good step forward here on Saturday. Rex says, please. So that's Tim Kelly saying, you know, I mean, you heard him talk about the idea that Malik's playing faster, right? And operationally, you saw it. They did have the delay of game penalty, but I just, I watched back the first touchdown drive that he uh, led the, the touchdown drive that they had. Uh, with Malik Levis also had a touchdown drive where Hassan Haskins scored on fourth and goal from the one. But with Malik, you saw the operation be cleaner. You saw him improved as a passer mechanically, uh, seeing what the defense was presenting him with, even though it wasn't highly schemed. It was a good sample size to see that incremental, those incremental steps that Malik Willis as a developmental quarterback, and we all knew that he was going to be a developmental quarterback, this is the kind of glaring improvement, quote unquote, right? That Mike Vrabel talked about to open training camp uh, just about a month ago. Photo Trekker says, neither is the future of the franchise. If either ends up starting, we're in big trouble. Well, you know, I had a caller on the radio show bring this up today. And the future of the franchise discussion, right? And basically the complaint was, well, if they are the futures, quote unquote, either of them, of the franchise, wouldn't the coaching staff want to see a larger sample size of them, meaning that you'd want to see them for a couple of quarters or a half at a time as opposed to the alternating series situation? When in reality, that's exactly what Mike Vrabel wanted to put them through, right? The situation of coming off the bench cold, of coming into a game where you are you need to be ready at a moment's notice and to see how they manage that particular scenario. Situational football to a T. So you understood why the coaching staff deployed the quarterbacks that way. And maybe in Minnesota, I imagine in Minnesota, it will look a little different, whether that's Malik for a half and Levis for a half or Malik for a quarter, then Levis for a quarter and alternating quarters that way. I, I don't know what their plan will be. And we'll probably, they probably won't make a final decision on that until Thursday. They've done a couple of different ways um, under Mike Vrabel when the quarterbacks, uh, when they've had backup quarterback competitions. 
But I think that for Malik, you see that glaring improvement. Now, we'll talk about Levis more specifically, and I'm going to explain. Uh, I'm going to explain why or who I think is ahead in this quarterback competition here in just a second, right after I remind you that the primetime show is made possible by the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. Go to GaryAshton.com, get your dream address without the stress. The Intel Edge you need to succeed can be found with the official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators. That's GaryAshton.com. So for Malik and Levis, circumstances are going to be situational, right? Demario Patterson says, if you read Jim Wyatt's practice reports, Malik has had a a few picks throughout training camp. Levis does too, but there are a lot of days when Malik is balling out, and so is Levis. So uh, here's the thing. Um, They are, because I've looked at Jimmy's, Jimmy has tracked them. He's tracked their completion percentage all throughout camp. He's tracked them in daily in 7-on-7 and 11-on-11. Wyatt does a really, really thorough job for that. The last time I looked at it was probably last week, and I, I noticed that Jimmy wasn't keeping track of their touchdowns as as he was their interceptions, because there are far more touchdowns than there, than there are interceptions. That's the way they set it up, right? Red zone, high red zone, low red zone, team drills where they're working from their 25, where they're working in two minute, where they're doing all these things. Um, but the interceptions have been tracked and the touchdowns have been not. Now, I don't think it's necessarily important to track the touchdowns, but I do think for the presentation of it, like for the sample, for you guys who are making assessments based off those, and those are fine things to do. I'm not faulting you for that. But I do think that there's a degree more context that Wyatt has and that, you know, I have or Tehran has or Teresa, Glennon, people who are out there to see those things rather than just reading a, a what what a, basically amounts to a box score, right? You don't get to see the drills. And Saturday was the best example of that. Saturday was basically like you watching a practice. The only difference in what you were watching is that there were live tackling. And in practice, of course, there is not. So I think that those are important things to keep in mind. They haven't been, uh, they haven't been like terrible, either of them. They have been, you know, they have had good days, both of them. I would not necessarily describe either of them as quote unquote balling out to this point. I think that if anybody uh, could be accused of that, it would be Ryan Tannehill, who I thought had one of his best practice sessions today. There was barely a ball that hit the ground, much less. I think he had two incompletions total throughout the course of of about an hour and a half long practice. So like I wouldn't describe either of them as you have DeMario as, as quote unquote balling out, but that's fine. Like, They have had good days and they have had days where they clearly need improvement in those situations. And you see them, you see them coming back, taking the coaching and learning from those mistakes. Those are important, right? That's the value of training camp and and preseason film for them to review. But uh, I, I think that, I think that both of them have a growth, uh, a learning curve that is different from one another. It just happens that they're kind of in a position where they're doing this at the same time. And who is ahead in the quarterback battle for the backup quarterback? Well, obviously, I think the answer is Malik Willis. And I think that that is a that can be both a good thing and a complication for this team as they try and figure out roster math. But we'll talk about these things together. Um, so Malik is obviously ahead in the quarterback competition. I think anybody who 
even if you were even if you've just seen the preseason game and haven't been paying attention to what we've been reporting out of practice, I think that it's pretty apparent that Malik is ahead. Aubrey Calvin wants to know if I will be at practice this week. I was at practice today. I'm not going to Minnesota for the joint camp practices. I will be in Minnesota for the game itself. Uh, the the logistics of doing the radio show up there were complicated, and obviously that is my you know that is my uh, primary. My my obligation, my primary obligation is to the radio show. So for the sake of ease, uh, we said, you know, the, the joint camp practices are important. You'll see far more starters getting work out of joint camp practices than you will in the preseason game. But I will be there for the preseason game. And I think those things are very important, too, because we're talking about backup quarterbacks. And, you know, Ryan Tannehill's mastery of the offense right now, I almost said at this stage, Bert, but I didn't. And that would be applicable. But Ryan Tannehill's mastery of the offense I think is in a place where they're pretty comfortable with it. Tim Kelly spoke about that today. I think that I would be pretty surprised. Again, no decision has been made on the quarter, the starting quarterback for Saturday night. Uh, it's an it's a night game at U.S. Bank Stadium, which is going to be cool. I'm looking forward to that. Never done a game at Minnesota. This will be my first first game I did at Soldier Field. First game I, I know it's preseason. First game I've done at U.S. Bank, and then uh, I will uh, New Orleans is a new stadium for me as well. So three in a row. Um, on the uh, list of NFL stadiums that I've covered a game of some in some form or fashion at, but uh, no, no joint pra- uh, no joint camp practices for me. Sam Phelan will be up there for A to Z Sports, and so you will still have coverage from there. And obviously, I'll be carrying the press conferences on the radio show, and we'll continue to have players from training camp call in from uh, Minnesota on the radio show. So we'll still have those interviews for you. Uh, Derek Wright says, bro, do you, a lot of bros tonight, bro. Do you honestly think the offense made any improvements this off season? Will this translate to a deeper run in the playoffs? Well, first you have to make the playoffs for there to be a deeper run in the playoffs. Um, do I think you're capable of a deeper run now than you were in 19 or 20? No, no, I don't think that's the case. I think that, um, you know, the, the offensive line group is still scary to me, even if they did have, even if they did exceed expectations it was one drive as a touchdown drive, they were moving people. At Skaronsky on the radio show today, he seemed pretty confident and comfortable in the growth that he's made. Thought it was a really good interview to help you guys kind of understand why they're why the difficulty of him or the degree of difficulty he seems to have handled it pretty well. And I think that speaks to the work ethic of the Titans' first round pick. But um, the difficulty, the degree of difficulty for him sliding inside from tackle to guard. As a professional now, after having played almost exclusively tackle through high school and college, I know he played a little bit of center in high school as a recruit. Um, so, you know, the offensive line group is still is still a, a significant concern, right? Um, if if they do, you know, if they have even an average offensive line, I think they're capable. Will it translate to a deeper playoff run? Shit, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> playoff runs are so random. Um, you know, there's no way, like, what I'm seeing in preseason games or in training camp is not like to try and project that out to mid January would be foolish. Um, even if it were possible, it's impossible to do that. So do I think they made improvements? Sure. I think they made improvements. I think the play caller, um, is an, an upgrade. I think that the skill position players are an upgrade. So the improve, there are improvements there. And I think that they tried to put together a better offensive line, how much better they'll actually be, time will tell. But, you know, it's 
I, I don't want to say don't talk to me about a playoff run in August, but, you know, kind of don't talk to me about a playoff run in August, right? We're talking about preseason football at this point, which is basically a, a glorified practice. Uh, Titans have the best quarterback room in the NFL. Tannehill, Malik, Levis, they're all three pushing each other. Well, no, neither of them are pushing Tannehill. That, um, do they have the best quarterback room in, in the NFL? Hmm. I mean, the best quarterback room in the NFL is going to have Patrick Mahomes in it, so I don't think that you can do it. Now, you could argue for depth, and I'd still probably push back on the idea of depth. I'd have to look at it too deep around the league to give you a real assessment, Ricky. I don't, I don't, I don't want to. You, you may have a case there, and you know, without anybody necessarily jumping out to me, but neither of them are, neither of them are truly pushing Ryan Tannehill. That, that, that has never been in question. Um, that this is his, that he, this is his job now. Perhaps he feels, you know. Uh, I don't know, the idea of additional motivation in year, what is this, 13 for Ryan Tannehill? He's been through contract years before. He's been he's had players drafted behind him before. I don't think this is anything new for him. If anything, I think it should help him stay steady and and maintain routine, which is which is fine. It's better than, you know, playing outside yourself or trying to play outside yourself for the purposes of of feeling pushed, right? Pressure is good, pressure is valuable. Um just uh, in in the sense of competitive environments, whether that's, you know, in NFL or NBA or, you know, outside the world of sports, the world of business, right? Those things are that there is a value to that. But I wouldn't say that either of them are truly pushing Ryan Tannehill. If anything, Ryan Tannehill is helping pull them along a little bit as a great resource for both of them as they start to learn and develop. And I think they're a great resource to each other, Malik and Levis. I really do think that they... Uh, I do think that they get along. Um, I so uh, we'll uh, we'll continue to charge. Uh, we'll con- or, <laughs> charge. I was reading. Uh, I saw Ricky's comments about grand jury, grand jury in Georgia charging Trump with ten felonies. Um, I uh, so a little bit of a, a Ron Burgundy situation there, but we're not doing that show tonight. I think that uh, I think that when you look at the quarterback competition, Malik is clearly and obviously ahead. There is not a, a big difference. Um, there's not a huge difference, a huge gulf between them, which is going to lead us into our next conversation. How many quarterbacks should the Titans keep on their active roster? How many quarterbacks do you think the Titans keep on their active roster as we continue through the preseason and through training camp? Let me know on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch. We will discuss at length together right after I remind you that the primetime show is made possible by True Math Fitness in the Gulch. I'm fired up to get back to True Math Fitness. I was just, just texting uh, Titans super fan and owner of the gym, Worth Campbell, about uh, getting back at it with some personal training tomorrow. 8 a.m. is when I go for personal training on Tuesdays and Thursdays, but you can always sign up for any of their group classes or schedule a personal training session for yourself at True Math Fitness. They have the best coaching staff. The facility is awesome, and you know that you are going to continue to see your fitness goals Elevated at TrueMathFitness.com, where your first workout is free. Looking at the quarterbacks, um, you know, I've gone back and forth on this. We've gone back and forth on this, and I've always defaulted to, by percentage chance, you know, when you guys ask me this question, and I get this question a lot, right, whether it's in the comments here or we obviously have a, a live stream of the radio show as well. There's commentary there. We get callers. I get Twitter messages, messages on Instagram, all these things. And it's always about 
How many quarterbacks do I think they're going to keep? A lot of times. And, you know, I've, I, by percentage chance, I've always defaulted to, well, by percentage chance, it's most likely, what's most likely here is that they only keep two. If you're surveying, like if you said three quarterbacks of the field, I'm probably going to say field. By percentage chance, that has the best chance of being right. But as we have gone through training camp, as we have gone through now a preseason game, we'll see what joint work looks like against uh, the Vikings this week. The idea that they should have any great urgency to wave one of these, or wave Malik, really, is what it comes down to. Levis is not in danger of being waived. Willis is not really in danger of being waived, but obviously you could see how he would be most likely the odd man out given the current situation of their quarterback room, of the general manager, of everything, right? I think that what is most likely, and Jimmy Wyatt and I were talking about this on the pregame broadcast, you know that Wyatt and I are always on Titans radio uh, 15 minutes before kickoff with Rhett Bryan in the booth. Jimmy and I both agreed on the conclusion that, yeah, I'm pretty convinced that they're keeping three quarterbacks right now. Tannehill, um, Tannehill obviously starting gives them the best chance to win. A good resource for the two of them as they go through a season. Both would probably, I mean, Levis is not going to be waived, but Malik would surely be snatched up off waivers. And it would be a shame to kind of just let that asset walk without trying to uh, trying to continue that developmental process. He is a developmental player. Willis, or rather Levis, is also a developmental player. And I don't think there's any harm in giving both of them continued time to grow and compete. So that when you come into next year, whatever version of them that you're seeing, Levis in year two, and at that point Willis in year three, whomever comes out of that can give you a true starting quarterback battle and give you the best opportunities to succeed. So I don't, the coaching staff isn't going to look at it like super long-term that way, but if you're the front office, it's about, you know, what's going to put you in the best position sustainably, to sustainably compete. That is what I think makes the most sense, and we'll continue to monitor these things. You know, nothing is done. Uh, We still have, what, a month? Less than, ooh, a little less than a month. When the Tennessee Titans play a game, they'll open up on, September the 10th uh, in New Orleans. We're less than a month away. You guys excited? But I think that uh, I think that as we get, you know, as we're less than a month away and probably a week or really about a week and a half left of training camp, two weeks left of training camp, there is no real benefit in, in letting Malik hit waivers just for the sake of keeping an extra wide receiver for special teams or an extra inside backer for special teams. Because that's who the, the spot is going to come at the expense of. Now, um, you know, we'll see how if they apply that rule. The rule is for game day situations and um, quarterbacks on the active roster. So, in theory, that would be that would be something that they could use. But really, the rule is designed for playoff teams and Tennessee in this particular situation. It's just about you know trying to find the best starting quarterback for the future of this franchise, whether that's Levis or Willis at this point. Uh, we will, uh, we'll wrap up the primetime show with, uh, Bert's weekly, regularly scheduled appearance with a case you missed it. There's a pretty funny story 
in the world of the NFL today. I imagine that would be the subject matter around Michael Orr, Titans legend, uh, who is currently uh, engaged in a lawsuit in the state of Tennessee. We will welcome in Bert right after I remind you about the welcome force in your life if you feel that your constitutional rights are in danger. The law offices of Amanda J. Gentry, she goes above and beyond wherever justice demands to make sure that you are protected. She also is an incredible legal resource. If you just want to learn more about said constitutional rights that need protecting, you can follow her on social media, Clown at Law. She's on Instagram. She's on TikTok. She's on Twitter and threads as well. Wherever justice demands, practicing in Tennessee family and criminal courts in 33 counties across the state of Tennessee, AmandaJGentry.com is where you go for more information. So with that, we'll bring in Bert, and we will see what stories he has brought us. Hey, hey what's going on, Buck? Nothing. Nothing. But yeah, absolutely show. nothing. Not Literally not the tra- just the show. Not the transactions today. Not not the two big running back signing contracts. Not the the Raven. How did what did you bring in on? Uh, the Titans worked out a big DB today. Is that is that move the needle for you, Ronald Darby? Is he a big DB at this stage of his career? At this stage, I think he at this stage of free agency, I think he could. Okay, be. I can't completely get rid of the phrase for the rest of my life, Robert. There are useful applications for that, other than for some reason it turning into a crutch phrase. Damn you! At this, the stage. biggest story of the day for me, Michael Orr having an issue with the blindside story. In fact, we haven't seen a blindside taken advantage of like this since Dennis Daly. Yeah, you said it wasn't going to be a good joke. What you think about that, baby? I, I'm laughing. I'm laughing because I know you've been sitting on that one for at least an hour. <laughs> Maybe longer. Who's to Maybe say? Maybe longer. Uh, Michael Orr, though, uh, having issue with uh, the liberties that the blind side took with his life. The former NFL player who inspired the Oscar-nominated movie The Blind Side is suing the couple he now says falsely claimed to have adopted him. Michael Orr says he learned earlier this year that the couple never actually adopted him, but he says tricked him out of millions of dollars. The former Super Bowl champion is asking a court in Tennessee to terminate the conservatorship he signed back in 2004. So, first, why did, uh, oh, I'm blanking on the CBS uh, sports anchors, uh, or CBS news anchors, name but why did she say movie like brian kelly says family that made me laugh but yes that is michael Orr, uh famously with the ravens did have a brief stint as a not a very good player for the tennessee titans i think that was when i first got here as a matter of fact he had just signed a contract but he's saying that he wasn't adopted at all bert he's saying that he was placed into a conservatorship in the same mold as britney spears basically and of course the legal proceedings you know i know this isn't this might not necessarily be the most pop culture savvy audience. Uh, not not any disrespect to you all, but I don't know how, know how many of you were following everything that went down with Britney Spears uh, over the course of the last year, I would say. But a conservatorship is a much different circumstance than an outright adoption. And if Michael Orr is, you know, looking around and seeing what net uh, or uh, gross earnings of $330 million on the blind side... Sandra Bullock won an Oscar for that damn movie. Like, of course he's going to be upset and want a piece of the cash. And now I feel like we have to have a sequel. We have to have On Your Side, where Sandra Bullock is crying in the courtroom and and Michael Orr is actually playing himself uh, and try to win some of this money back. 
in the, the court case and then use that money you made in the court case to make the real movie. I, I just, I, Cody Valentine says it sucks. And you know, really it does. Cause it was a great, it was a great story, but you know, one, it reaffirms my position that college football is the dirted sec in particular, the world of the sec and college football is among the dirtiest and most corrupt places that you could find anywhere in any line of business whatsoever. And also that fairy tales are uh, fairy tales are easily told through real life prisms. <laughs> Speaking of fairy tales, it's just, there's nothing you can do beyond. I mean, you could come in here and shave the goatee and you would still, or shave the beard and you would still be comic book guy. It's, it's the ponytail. It's, no, the, it's, 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 it's the not, hair. It's not just the hair. It's like uh, the I'm hair. Would just, I'm, I'm banning him. Amir, you're getting no, banned. No, you can't bear it. I'm banning him. You I'm banning him. Tired of hearing it. Ban him because you're self-conscious. That's not fair. It's the combination of ponytail and headset that makes you look like comic book guy. All you have to do is get a normal mic setup like the rest of us instead of trying to play video games in the middle of the primetime show. I did not choose the Druid life. The Druid life chose me, Buck. That's been in case you missed it. Let me get back to my game. Out of here. Well ah! done. Oh, God. Robert Walsh, ladies and gentlemen. Comic guy, comic book guy wore glasses, says Burning Devil. Yeah, well, we can, we can get Bert some shades if that helps with the, uh, if that helps with the aesthetic. That's going to do it for us tonight uh, on the Primetime Show. Radio show tomorrow. We're back in studio. Titans have a day of travel as they head to Minnesota. As I mentioned, I'm not going for joint practices. I'll be there for the game. I'm flying out on Friday, and we'll do the game Saturday night. Of course, uh, we'll continue to have great coverage for you. Sam Phelan will be in Minnesota uh, instead, and we'll uh, have some boots on the ground there so you can continue to follow A to Z Sports for all the great Titans joint camp work that you will see Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, enjoy the rest of your evening, and I will talk to you tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. on 104.5 The Zone. See you guys. Well, are you surprised to hear that? <laughs> Certainly not. The first year we took it to the limit. And I was in Miami with my new beach house. Well, it was a couple minutes from the beach. It's been 20 years since then. We haven't been too strong in the last few years. Oh, we've been strong. We're just playing by the rules. You can't have a newcomer come in and steal a show.